0: Hey guys, welcome back to Pucks and Pages.
1: My name is Steven, that's my amazing wife, Liberty.
0: And we're a married couple with different interests, trying to slowly bring the other person to our side. The other day, I said we were forcing each other to like what we like, and some people didn't like that.
1: I don't know who the some peoples are, but sorry. We would love to not force each other to do things. It's uh, the value of persuasion.
0: You just think you're a really good salesman and you're not. But we're recording this kind of later than usual, yet again, life has thrown us more than one curveball at once, and I only have one bat.
1: In fairness, it was things affecting other people than us directly, so in turn, we were just being good human beings and taking care of things.
0: they had a curveball, but I was sitting out on the sidelines and the ball suddenly came my way.
1: Yeah, it was like a line drive foul ball, it almost took your head off basically, yeah.
0: I hope I had a glove. Yeah. Let's get into the latest news in sports. Sounds I almost great. said books. I wish we were talking about books.
1: No, today is definitely the sports episode. Everyone's favorite, as we know.
0: Definitely not. But... <laughs> We have an update on the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. They might be over by the time this episode comes out, but as of now, the Lightning are leading the Stars 3-2. to two. I'm kind of shocked it's not already over.
1: Part of the reason we're recording so late is because I was not up writing notes last night because I was the edge of the couch the entire night watching the Stars somehow pull it together for another game.
0: That game was ridiculous. I... I thought it was over, like, halfway through, and then somehow it wasn't. We went into overtime, and then halfway through the first overtime, I thought it was going to be done.
1: Well, what was crazy was the Lightning took the lead again halfway through the third period, and I was like, well, it's really crappy, but on the podcast tomorrow, we're going to be talking about the Lightning being the Stanley Cup champions, and then Joe Pavelski, who has now taken the record for most playoff goals by an American-born player— Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Awesome move for him. Scored the game tying goal and my brain nearly exploded because I was like, holy crap. I thought this was wrapped up because honestly in the second and third period the Lightning manhandled Dallas.
0: Well let's be honest for most of the game including the two overtime periods the Lightning were just constantly in the Dallas zone and like at the end of the game you saw Q Dobin go up to was it Dickinson? Whoever it was that scored the game winning goal. Yeah. I'm bad with names obviously. Clearly. And he just like gave him the hardest noggin helmet to helmet like thank God you scored because i couldn't have have, handled five more minutes of this it
1: could have put the two of them both into concussion protocol as hard (laughs) as as, uh, a head-to-head i don't know if it
0: was that bad but it really seemed like he was very thankful someone on his team scored because let's be honest he couldn't have made it through the rest of the second overtime he wouldn't have been able to hold that out
1: As a fan who's watched a playoff game in the Western Conference Final that's gone longer than that game did, I'll tell you, I would have noggined a player who scored the game winning (laughs) goal, and I was just watching it. I couldn't even fathom being on the ice that much, especially considering it was back-to-back nights.
0: Yeah, that did make it more difficult, but I just can't get over how much time Dallas spent in their own zone. Like, I'm surprised you won that, given the fact that you spent like 75, 80% of the night in your own zone.
1: I don't know if it was that heavy of a statistic, but that's what it seemed like. It was
0: literally that bad. It was maybe not that bad, but it was still awful. It was was not literally that bad. We'll clarify that. No, it was. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It just seemed like it was that that often.
0: Well, and like, in I zone. don't want to root for Dallas because I don't want ticket prices to go up whenever we can <laughs> actually go see a game. But then at the same time, like I do want to root for Dallas because that's where we live and it'll make people we know happy.
1: Yeah. And I I think on top of that, too, the cool thing would be to be able to go to maybe the game that they come back with the Stanley Cup in the first game, raising the banner ceremony. I Are know you those kidding tickets me? would be god awfully expensive. Are you kidding me? But it would be really cool to
0: experience that. wouldn't that in even person. be our own team. I know, like, but it If would it still... was one of our teams, I would accept that.
1: But as a hockey fan, you have to agree with uh... the fact that it would be a neat experience to be there for that.
0: I have never been in the same room as the Stanley Cup, so that's the only reason I'm agreeing with you. If I had already seen it live and in person, this would be a different answer for me.
1: Yeah, you had that opportunity. You just decided not to go to San Jose to watch a game, so we'll wrap back around to that experience.
0: Maybe I'm a bad sports fan then. I'm <laughs> sorry. It was a ridiculous amount of money. But It was
1: a acceptably ridiculous amount of money. <laughs>
0: Says the guy who's a bigger sports fan than me, I guess. But let's actually talk about the news side of things.
1: Well we were definitely covering like our minds blown by the news. But yes, let's dig into the actual news for the week.
0: So Stamkos has only played in one game so far in the playoffs, and in that game he only played five shifts. It was in game three. Yep. And it was for a total time on ice of two forty seven.
1: Yeah, you were telling me all week it was five minutes. And I, I'm like, no, it's I mixed five up the fact 2:47. that it was five shifts. Yeah. yeah.
0: And He scored, but then he didn't hit the ice again pretty much almost right after that happened.
1: Yeah, it made a lot of sense for the Lightning then to realize, hmm, maybe we should not play Stamkos and actually have another player because that game, they were so shorthanded that it was just nerve-wracking.
0: I think... Stamkos coming into the game definitely lifted their spirits. Like, your captain's back. That's great. Oh, 100% without a doubt. But it doesn't change the fact that he's not ready. And I don't think anyone's willing to say it. Mm. But I'm saying it because I don't give a...
1: Well, the Lightning said it today. He's not coming back for any future playoff games this year. So See?
0: that yeah. You're more on top of that than I am. Yeah. At least someone's saying that because he shouldn't have ever done that and what's amazing to me is he's done the whole bubble procedure the whole time just for two minutes and 47 seconds
1: that's called dedication that's all i'm saying
0: i was gonna say stupidity but that too
1: yeah it's it's dedication to the team and i think that's why the team played as hard as they did in game three so
0: well of course yeah
1: It's like the captain is back. We must win it for him. And that's kind of what they did.
0: Him coming in and scoring, even though he's technically not ready to play, like that's a big spirit lifter for the team. And I mean, they were up 3-1 in the series after that.
1: He completely undressed that defenseman in the process of trying to scoot between him and the boards. And he made him miss the hit. And so it was like, it didn't look like he lost a step. Like, honestly, And then, clearly, he didn't play anymore, so that was the end of that, so...
0: I mean, less what's happening while he's on the ice more of him not coming back into the game is a signal for me that he's not ready like if all you get in your return game is 247 then you're not ready to come back and that's just my opinion I'm not saying he was skating poorly right or anything like that it's just if you can't handle like a full time on ice of like 20 minutes you're not ready to come back
1: yeah well, understandably in the practices he was staying on the ice for that amount of time. So But practice scrimmages... versus
0: games. Like, yeah we could discuss this all night like
1: yeah. and I'll argue along with a lot of the NHL commentators would you rather have a 80% healthy Steven Stamkos or a non-existent Steven Stamkos on the line every day and every night I would say the 80% Steven Stamkos would be who had one on the line clearly he was not at that tier yet
0: and you and I both have very different opinions it is well known hopefully at this point that I think injured players should not come back before they're ready, and this is just an example to me that he shouldn't have come back.
1: I can agree with that. I I think he came back a little early, albeit the man literally recovered from an injury and then got injured during the right. the, the camp again. So it was like
0: I mean, I felt bad for him, but that doesn't mean you should come and play. I don't want an injured player to come in and mess up my chances is my thought process.
1: Yeah, I can understand that. But let's get off the topic of the Lightning and the Dallas Stars, unless you have more Lightning news, of course.
0: No, the next bit of news is something I don't know that I necessarily want to talk about. Maybe that's why I stayed on the Sam Coast thing.
1: Oh, trades. It's yes, been. we do have a few of those that happened this week.
0: Hornquist traded to the Panthers by the Penguins for Matheson and Skeevior. Skevier? Uh, Colton Sevier. Sevier. Yeah. I I don't know who those players are, obviously.
1: I do. And I honestly, I, like, Hornquist is a key part of your front net presence. He always has been. Right. Always was for a number of years since he came to your team from Nashville. Yeah. And so it's weird because it sounds like he didn't even know the trade was happening. However, the team that was being traded to was one of the teams that wasn't on his no-trade list, so...
0: The reason he's surprised is because he does have a no-trade clause, and so he has to approve this. And he basically came out and said, I've been blindsided, but it's clear that the Penguins don't want me, so yes, I will accept this trade. And, you know, I don't know who... Either of these players are. I know one's a defenseman, one's a forward, so you're getting two for one, I guess. But I think they're way lower down on the list for me. Like they're not as good as having horny in front of the goalie just giving him heck because that's what he does and I don't know that this other guy is gonna be that.
1: Well let me break it down Barney style for you as you like to tell me from time to time. Mike Matheson was one of the Florida Panthers better defensemen. Uh, I think he was on their second line last year but in previous years he's been a first line blue liner so it's not like you're getting a low on the totem pole guy
0: still sounds like there's room for improvement if he's on the second line.
1: Okay, Nancy, let's continue on then here. When it comes to Colton Sevier, Colton Sevier led the team in hits for forwards. So he's a very defensive, big body style forward, which I think is a good addition. And his cap hit is a fifth of what Hornquist is.
0: Right. And I think this might be a move that my GM is like, we need I guess, a guy who is still a big body who's still going to be doing the hitting, all that fun stuff, but who costs less money, because I will admit, Hornquist does take a chunk of our cap space, and we've been discussing the whole time how cap space is going to be an issue for teams, and I think until we find the room, we're not going to be able to sign who we want to be our net front presence, and maybe this is just our GM's attempt to figure that out.
1: Well, I was reading an article, and I'm blanking on what the defenseman's name was. You're not planning on bringing a particular guy back to contract. You're going to let him go through free agency, based on what I'm hearing, and Matheson is supposed to be replacing that person. I'm drawing a blank on the name and I feel bad that I didn't write that down in my notes and now I can't find the article I was reading. However, I think Sevier will be a good addition. I would say he's probably going to be a third liner at first for you guys, but putting a big body really anywhere in that lineup and a, a guy that likes to hit, which was Hornquist in a nutshell. He likes to get in front of the net. He likes to hit people. I think taking that contract adjustment will equal out for you guys in the long run. I believe the player that was a defenseman you guys were cutting was also at about a $5 million a year AAV. So it's going to really help with your cap space to bring a guy in that only takes you for a hit for about $3.5 million AAV, like Matheson, and then you have this other player for about a million AAV a So I think in the long run it's going to be good. Your, your coach or I shouldn't say your coach, your GM makes some crazy decisions sometimes, but I hate to say it, a majority of the time they at least pan out. Whereas with my GM, he just trades people away to trade people away and then goes, yeah, it'll work out maybe. I
0: think he does a lot of things that makes, it just makes you scratch your head and go, what the hell is happening? And you're if you're me, super attached to the players and you don't like the idea of this happening. But then later on down the line, it comes to some sort of positive outcome. So you can't really be that angry about it. I was mad when they got rid of Neil and Niskanen and like all those players I followed whenever there was that big trade from Dallas to Pittsburgh. And whenever that happened, I was like, I don't even know who's on the roster anymore. Right. Like as a joke, obviously, but still. And then a few years later, we won back-to-back Stanley Cups. So, like, I, I can't deny that he knows how to put a team together, but I think there would have been a more respectful and tactful way to do this.
1: Uh, it was, I think it's Schultze that they're contemplating letting go.
0: Oh, okay. Um, I saw that we re-signed Ricola, so I knew that wasn't him. Yeah. But as to what I was saying, I think they're are better ways to let players know what you're doing than them just finding out, oh, I guess I got traded.
1: Yeah, I definitely think it could have been handled better, obviously... It, it could be a situation where Rutherford was, like, just kind of kicking it around, the idea, and just discussing with the GM, the new GM of the Florida Panthers, Bill Zito. Yeah. This is the first move he's made in the off season, So, I think it's going to be good, like, having, like, Huberto possibly on a line with Hornquist, I feel like is going to be scary because, like, Huberto, all year long, was sniping shots without a guy like him in front of the net. So, like, I think it's going to be a good move for Florida, without a doubt. I think it's probably going to pan out for the Penguins. It's just... I
0: think... If you're looking at the trade straight on, just player for player, I think they got a better deal than we did. And I think the Penguins might be able to get a positive outcome from this trade Without down the line. The yeah, Because we're good at cultivating players and lines and all of that fun stuff. I just, straight on, looking at it face on, I don't think we won that trade. yeah, And, you know, Hornqvist. had a rough time with this because the GM basically came out and said, you're going to get less power play time. You're going to get less time on the ice. If you stick with us, you might want to take this trade. And so what else is Hornquist going to do but go play with someone else who's not going to do that to them?
1: I just love the idea of him being paired up with Joe Quinville though, who's always been a guy who's used big bodies in front of the net, so right. like I th- I think he's gonna do fine where he's at.
0: Right, yeah. And then you see all these writers who are trying to turn something into nothing with what happened recently. Hornquist, this was after his trade, had his Penguins equipment sitting outside on his driveway, And the writers are all turning it into this big deal. Like, this is a statement. He's saying all this about... It was
1: probably due to COVID reasons. That that was the only way the organization could pick the stuff up.
0: (laughs) Well, and at the time, he was still practicing with the team. And so, like, it's common knowledge that if you want to air out hockey equipment, you don't just stick it in a closet and crap like that. So, like, could have been airing out it. equipment he yeah. could have been prepping it for people to come pick up in the time of covid yeah. no one really knows but someone saw it outside of his house and then said this is what this means and that's not journalism that's bs
1: slander libel well
0: it's written so that would be libel yeah. Slander's is verbal yeah but there's a player named bobby ryan who had the final two seasons of his seven-year contract bought out by the Ottawa Senators on Saturday. So there's another player who I don't know their situation, but it doesn't sound like they're getting a good shake.
1: Yeah, Bobby Ryan has, well, when he signed his large contract, was one of the better players in the NHL. The last two seasons, they last one particularly was very disappointing, but the previous year was mediocre. Right. So... It's just one of those things where NHL teams have a tendency to sign these ridiculously long contracts.
0: When you're hot, yeah, they want to keep you.
1: Yeah, and the dilemma is you never know how long the Thunder is going to last, you know. And in this instance, it just burned out really early on.
0: Yeah, and I can understand that. And if that's what you have to do to make room in order to fit someone else in that position, I get it. It just, you never want to see that. Happen to a player
1: yeah because when your contract's bought out you're no longer a cap hit by the nhl which is kind of weird because for most of the other sports you're still your hit hits the cap no matter what like it still hits it as an aav so it's kind of weird that that's the way it is in the nhl but like it makes sense i guess to an extent
0: I think they were trying to make space physically. I think they were trying to make space financially, but I just, you'd rather see him get traded and go somewhere else, but like you said, he hasn't been hot lately, which is the whole point of this. Yeah. Koivu has come out saying that he's not sure about retiring. The Wild is letting him become a free agent on October 9th, so he's technically an unrestricted free agent at that time, but he's... 37 years old so like this would be a time most players would think about retiring if they don't have a contract in the works and he said that despite the fact that he's been playing with the wild for his whole NHL career
1: yeah he's one of the long timers with an organization
0: I think it's 15 years something like that and despite that he's willing to play on another NHL team which 15 years of commitment that's got to be hard to even think about yeah and then he also said if not that he'd be willing to play in finland which is where he comes from yeah or he's going to retire so those are basically the options on the table for him i think if he doesn't get an nhl contract in the works upon becoming an unrestricted free agent he'll probably Not be playing hockey is my thought.
1: The big thing for him is he's got to be understanding that he's not going to get the big contract like he's been getting in Minnesota wherever he ends up. Like, he's going to be a key third or maybe second line depending on which team he signs with. Mm -hmm. And he's got to grasp the fact that he's not going to be the guy.
0: Well... And a, that, like
1: he was in the wild, obviously.
0: A, you've got age to consider because 37 is old in sports. But also you have to consider the fact of the matter. Wild haven't really been, I don't know, a contender in my, in my mind. I don't know. Oh, he's giving me a look saying I'm wrong. They haven't been the top of the league in my opinion.
1: Yeah, there's always the meme that goes around that the wild said it was their year this year, and that was a lie. It
0: never is, it. it Choose my point.
1: They're contenders in the sense of getting to the playoffs. They get to the playoffs a lot, and then they flop, usually in the first or second round. Well, um, who f-
0: doesn't get into the playoffs nowadays? Well, in
1: previous seasons, obviously, is what I'm referring to. But I know. They didn't qualify this year for even the playoffs, so it, it's just... It was understandable that they were going to cut loose Koivu at the end of the season. He had one of his worst seasons on record in the NHL, and he's coming to the end of a ridiculously long contract. So he just needs to really understand that wherever he ends up, He's going to be an important piece to the team. It's just going to be not He's not the most important piece. Right. He's not going to be like the the name of the organization like he was for the Wild for so many years. I honestly wouldn't mind seeing him land in Chicago. I think my team really needs a little bit more seniority in the roster a little bit to try to teach these young guys that we have. And if he was willing to come for like a small contract fee, I, I would say go for it. Like yeah. if he wants to come in for like say six hundred or $850,000 a year, you know, maybe a million, I would be okay with that.
0: I think you're going to have a hard time getting him to accept that as his price.
1: The reality is, though, where is he gonna go and get a contract bigger than that? Like,
0: right, he's not.
1: You're not gonna get that playing in a Finnish league, like without a doubt. That's not gonna happen. So, like, if you you're not seeing offers that are big, you know, suck it up and accept it. You know,
0: yeah. we'll see how everything shakes out, I guess. But speaking of players who are kind of up for grabs, maybe. Craig Anderson is not going to return to the Senators next season. He's a 39 year old goalie who wants to continue his NHL career.
1: He needs to retire.
0: Agreed. But he'll be an unrestricted free agent on October 9th.
1: If he doesn't retire, he'll end up with a two-way contract somewhere, or he'll uh, he'll take a backup contract. Like, right, and he's come out and
0: said it. he would accept a backup position, and obviously, he has to. Yeah. obviously, you don't have the reaction time at that point. I know that thirty-nine is not old in the real world, but that's real old in hockey. He
1: has an amazing reaction time. Still, the dilemma is he's been very. Up and down. Like, he's either hot or he's not at all.
0: But, I mean, his goals against average is 3.25. Like, you can't overlook that because despite the fact that he might not have a bad reaction time, that number is not a good number. He
1: also is a goalie for the Ottawa Senators who have had one of the worst defenses in the NHL as far as I can remember.
0: Right. But this is a conversation we often have, which is... Do you blame the goalie? Do you blame the defense? Some weird combination of the two. Usually some weird combination. So like for me, I think goalie numbers have to speak for themselves. But I think when you're actually watching a game, you do see how the defense sort of plays into how well they do or don't do. I think if you're comparing goalies, you're comparing contracts, stuff like that, you just have to look at the raw numbers.
1: Yeah, the raw numbers of that. And then I would say like the plus minus of the first two D pairs. If the plus minus for the first two D pairs is like super negative, then I would say you probably can also maybe say the defenseman are the reason he wasn't doing so well. But
0: you know there's not GMs doing that.
1: Yeah, they should if they're realistically looking for a goalie.
0: But I mean, it feels like this season or off season we're about to roll into, I guess, you've got such a saturation of goalies in the market. And I don't know that anyone's going to want to pick him up because there's so many available goalies. Again,
1: I think as a backup, he'll probably end up somewhere this year. And if not, he'll end up in the AHL. And that's still a livable wage, you know.
0: Right. I Again, I think it'll depend on contract. Yeah. pricing.
1: I do have a trade before we stop doing all these trades and cuts and things. The New York Rangers traded Mark Stahl to the Red Wings. Uh, the Red Wings receive Mark Stahl and a 2021 second round draft pick, and the Rangers will receive future considerations. I hate
0: Um, that. I always hate that. So stupid. You don't
1: know who it is. You don't know what it's gonna be.
0: You get something.
1: Something or someone or monies. But it was clearly an offload of a contract that the Rangers didn't want anymore. Mark Stahl was vastly overpaid for what he was bringing to the team last year. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Dump them to the Red Wings where they don't have anywhere near salary cap issues. So
0: I mean if that's true about Detroit they just need to be picking up all these players that are saturating the market because their last season was not hot.
1: Again, I think in, I would say three seasons, I might be a little afraid of Detroit. Like they've been building up a lot of young talent and it showed at times, like shoot, when they played the Blackhawks while we were on hot streaks, they looked like they were good enough to be in the playoffs. So it's just a matter of, I think, putting a new goalie in place. Like Howard is clearly beyond his days. And then everything should be all right when it comes time.
0: I think we have very different opinions about the Red Wings because I don't even think they're good enough to wave at the playoffs as they pass by. So, like, I don't know about what you're talking about.
1: I guess I'm looking down the road, whereas you're like, presently, this is garbage.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. And Jeff Petrie, mm-hmm. he signed a four-year, $25 million contract extension with the Canadians, or Canadia. He could have become an unrestricted free agent, another one to saturate the market, but he signed an extension, so he's not going to have to worry about that.
1: Yeah, he's going to be making about $6.25 a year, not counting his bonus structure that's included. Ridiculous. They didn't really talk about that with the total dollar amount of the contract, but based on what I'm hearing from some of the writers up in that area of Montreal, they seem to be basically stating that he could be making upwards of an extra $10 million across the contract, which is insane. Ridiculous. Yeah.
0: That's like an extra year and three quarters yep. or something like that. But that's all I have for NHL news. I don't know if you have more.
1: Ooh, the list goes on and on my friends. Um, so we have the Canadians also signing Jake Evans to a two-year, two-way contract. He was a third line forward for them last year. He produced some goals here and again.
0: How many years was that contract? Three? Uh,
1: two years. Oh, okay. Two-way contract. Uh, his first year, it will be a 700000 only NHL level contract. Uh his second year will be eight hundred thousand dollars, so they're gonna pay him a little bit more, but it's two way, so you can okay, go both ways yeah. at that point. So
0: makes sense. Which
1: frees up a little bit of the money because realistically, if it is a two way contract, they can split the salary between the AHL and the NHL roster. So the cap hit realistically will only be about four hundred thousand dollars, but it's based off of like where he is the most.
0: Right. So. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't explain it like it's split evenly because it's not gonna be yeah. it's going to depend on where he is and that is going to depend on how much depth you have and how many injuries and illnesses you have so in reality just accept that that's going to be your cap hit and then wherever you can save money you're saving money right
1: and then the Red Wings signed Sam Gagne to a one-year extension of an AAV of $850,000 so he was already signed through the end of next season they just tacked on one more year for him oh, okay. Um. at a, a pretty reasonable price considering he was pulling in I think a little over a million this past season so like they're they're getting him for a little bit of more budget-friendly price, which is nice. But I
0: think he's going to enjoy not having to worry about that.
1: Well, yeah, you know, you don't have to worry about your job for two whole seasons, which is kind of nice. Yeah. And then we have the awards for the NHL this week. They announced a couple of the major awards, like Rookie of the Year, MVP, all that kind of stuff. The big winner this week was Leon Dreisaitl of the Edmonton Oilers. I would say I'm shocked, but I'm not. That man had a career year that most NHLers dream of having. He led the NHL in points and in goals. So what do you expect him to do anything other than show up as the MVP? It only makes sense. Um, he won the Hart Trophy, which is the NHL's MVP award. He also cleaned up and collected the Ted Lindsay award, which is the most outstanding player awarded by the NHL Players Association. So the NHL Players Association being the players voted him numero uno of the year so it makes sense that he would win the MVP as well considering he won the MVP in both perspectives from the NHL and from the players We also had Roman Yossi win the Norris trophy this week for best defenseman in the NHL. Again, I I really don't argue that. I think offensively and defensively, he's probably one of the better minds as a defenseman in the league. It's just really crummy that he plays for Nashville, and Nashville was such a flop this year. So, like, he clearly was playing well, but the rest of his team was asleep at the wheel, more or less.
0: I thought you were going to talk about how much everyone in this house doesn't like that team.
1: I really don't like that team, and for a number of reasons, but we won't go into it now. And if you do want to, know, you can always hit me up on social media. I will gladly give you a paragraph about that. Connor Hellebuck uh, wins the Vesna Trophy for top goalie for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Again, outperformed pretty much everybody in the NHL, so deservedly so that he gets that award. And then Kale McCarr wins the Calder Trophy, Rookie of the Year. Honestly, when it came into it, I was so blindsided because I love Dominic Kubelik so much. and I didn't really pay attention to Hughes or to McCar, mm-hmm. and having watched them both play in the playoffs, I love you, Dominique Kubli, but you had no right to be in the conversation with those two guys for. I regular. wouldn't
0: say that.
1: I no right to have been a part of that conversation. Just seeing the way that both these guys as defensemen step up into the offensive portions of the plays, it was some of the most exciting hockey I've seen from young players. And, like, all year long, Kubelik impressed me. I, You, you heard me. I wouldn't shut up about Kubelik all year long during the regular season. So, like, I'm not taking anything away from the performance he had. He definitely had he was the best forward in the NHL this year as a rookie so like I would argue that till I'm blue in the face but as I think
0: he definitely deserved to be in the conversation I think you do take something away from him if you say he doesn't deserve I think you could say that they were a cut above him
1: oh without a doubt
0: but I wouldn't say that he didn't deserve to be in the conversation
1: Yeah. As a forward, obviously being the best forward as a rookie, he, I guess, deserves to be in the conversation as rookie of the year. But these guys were just, again, on another level. Like, it was exciting to watch. I thoroughly enjoyed watching the Vancouver series. I thoroughly enjoyed watching the Avalanche series. Just to see these guys play, it, it was impressive. So I'm not shocked that Cale McCarr won the Calder Trophy. And kudos to him. Honestly, like, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that this kid was going to be one of the ones running for Rookie of the Year, just like Kubelik for that matter, or Quinn Hughes, I would have been like, you're, you're a little crazy. But these guys really just turned it on on another level. And to the three of them, I think it was probably the closest race I've ever seen when it came to quality. So it's exciting to watch those guys play. If you didn't get an opportunity to watch them play, I'm sure there's a highlight video of these guys out there somewhere on YouTube already, and you should truly go look it up. And I'll wrap up NHL news this week with the ninth straight week of no positive COVID tests in the NHL. uh,
0: That's good, because other sports can't say that.
1: It's a fact. Uh, Where did you want to jump off to, though, next?
0: The NFL is the one that I have the most news from after that. That's
1: irony. That's the least news I have.
0: Welcome to my show now. So, the cornerback AJ Terrell of the Atlanta Falcons has tested positive for COVID and has been placed on the reserve list. Did you
1: say cornerback or quarterback?
0: Corner. Okay,
1: it sounded like you said quarter. I apologize.
0: He's not going to be in the game that happened today against the Chicago Bears. Quick update about the Chicago Bears go.
1: Bears won. Bear down. Three straight touchdowns uh, by the backup, which. It still makes me hurt on the inside. Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky in his post-game press conference was like, it was such a blindside. I'm like, bro, you threw an interception and then you turned over third down four straight times. What did you expect?
0: I did one look-in on the game today because you were working. And I saw that they were losing by 10 about halfway through the fourth or something like that. I was like, okay, I'm not going to look again. And then you told me later that they won. And I was like, how did that even happen? It was
1: substantially worse. At one point, I think it was like 26 to six. And it was heartbreaking. But three straight touchdowns again, because what else did the Bears do but show up for one quarter of the game and somehow manage to win?
0: That's great. Yeah. But back to what I was saying. So AJ Terrell did not play in that game.
1: Yeah, they were also down Julio Jones, who's one of their top wide receivers.
0: And so they placed two cornerbacks onto the 53 man roster as a result of the positive test and that is delrick abrams and tyler hall and it moves them up from basically the practice squad or whatever they're calling it and moving them up to like the regular roster 53 by the way is a lot of players that not, just sounds outrageous. Not
1: really if you consider how many people are on the offense and defense on the if field at the time. If you compare it
0: to the only sport that I faithfully watch, which is hockey, that's a lot of men.
1: Yes, it is. It's a lot of players at that point.
0: But so far, no other teams have tested positive. So that's good news as of this morning. Right. But there's going to be contact tracing to determine who came into contact with him. All the players and Tier 1 and Tier 2 individuals are wear tracking devices so that's going to help with the contact tracing right because they're going to see how far he was from other people
1: it's kind of neat that they're doing that and they all admit gps signals back to the nfl which
0: well it's only while they're at the facility they're not wearing it all the time so who knows about outside of that but i think maybe because of this or some event which i will get into momentarily caused the league to issue a memo on friday reminding organizations about game day protocols i think this is mostly to do with coaches but also possibly the positive test
1: boy do i have some news about the coaches
0: the memo included an emphasis on face covering requirements and the nfl's intention to continue to discipline anyone who does not comply with the rule
1: in one weekend they handed out 1.75 million dollars worth of fines for that
0: across five teams and it was the las vegas raiders new orleans saints denver broncos san francisco 49ers and the seattle seahawks yep and this is i believe all due to not wearing the face cover all due to head coaches not wearing five coaches and their clubs were the ones who were fined for violating mask protocols and the memo also revealed that some unnamed club is currently under investigation for an unauthorized locker room access. So basically, someone who's not allowed in went in to the locker room, and there's like a list of who can and cannot come in during the time of COVID. So
1: yeah, it was the Las Vegas Raiders. That article was released later in the afternoon. This afternoon. So
0: okay, they, news to me.
1: Yeah, they only allow so many numbers of staff and players into the locker room at a certain time and that's where they broke the protocol okay um the person is probably going to get terminated that did it because they snuck around security to get to there to the locker room and in turn will be more than likely losing their job so
0: i hope whatever you were doing was important
1: yeah because it won't be ever again (laughs)
0: And for an injury, Melvin Ingram from the L.A. Chargers, previously the San Diego Chargers.
1: Thank you for saying that because it breaks my heart every time I hear it.
0: I did it for you. He has landed on Friday's injury report after missing practice with a knee injury it looks like at this point he'll be able to return in week six but that's just speculation at this point i don't agree with calling things out like that before they're fully healed but he's previously had a torn acl in the off season after his rookie year so i'm not sure if this is a related knee injury and like it's an old injury flaring up or something or what's happening there
1: torn ACLs and MCLs and all those things never really heal all the way so I wouldn't be shocked but um it was the week of torn ACLs last week so I'm really shocked that that didn't get like brought to the table if it had been a full tear I'm sure it's just some type of pulled or Well
0: something. it just happened this past Friday. Yeah. So that's why it wasn't in last week's yeah. news. But I mean I have a sprained ankle that if I step funny I sprain it again like <laughs> constantly spraining this ankle because that's the way ligaments work like if you've hurt it if it's somehow done something it's not supposed to do it's gonna do it again right. so i wouldn't be surprised if this is some sort of repeat injury
1: if you want to stay on the subject of the chargers for a minute i've got an interesting one sure uh the chargers team doctor was administering a pain killing injection to tyrod taylor's cracked ribs on the sideline yeah, on I heard sunday this keep punctured the His starting lung. quarterback lung in the process of putting in that <sighs> shot and it's like my dude you gotta know you're not employed after that happened like
0: no 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 no, a no.
1: couple of employees and myself were discussing it this week when it came through on the news about it and all we could think was how do you screw that up <laughs> like ribs and lungs are in close proximity i get it but like you don't have to stab them deep to get the painkilling in like it's It's a number, numbing agent is what was described. Well,
0: it needs to go in the muscle, from my understanding, and the way that your ribs work, everything's pretty close together. And, like, you can't obviously do it right on top of the bone because the muscle's not there. So you need to go in between the bones. And he just did it a little too far. Yeah. So, yeah, I... That made my lungs hurt reading about, (laughs) but that might just be me not being fully 100% over having COVID and recovering from lung damage. Yeah. And continuing with injuries, the San Francisco 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan confirmed on Friday that Nick Mullins is going to be the starting quarterback on Sunday, so today, against the Giants, replacing the injured Jimmy Garoppolo.
1: Yep, and you nailed that. That's not an easy one.
0: And they also have other knee injuries that have kept players out of the lineup, including running backs Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert. And, of course, George Kittle, we've talked about before, is also still out with his knee injury.
1: He had a pretty good day. He was 25 for 36 with 343 yards offense. so, you know, you can't complain.
0: Those are just numbers to me, but sure.
1: (laughs) It's, it's good for a backup. Okay. <laughs> really good.
0: And the last thing I have for the NFL, I'm sure you have more. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers announced this past week plans to host fans starting with week four. And this is probably because the Florida governor has changed what status, what phase that they're in in reopening. So now they're on the last phase. And in their next home game happening on October 18th, they're going to allow 25% capacity, which is not a lot given how big stadiums are.
1: Well, considering the first week of the NFL, they let them have a 20% capacity. I feel like that's really not that drastic of a difference.
0: Right. And they're going to include a variety of safety measures, including socially distant seatings, which they have a whole tier of who's allowed to buy tickets and when. You can yeah. check their website if you're a fan mobile ticketing so you don't get a paper ticket cashless transactions so like tap to pay and things like that right touchless hardware in the restrooms so you don't have to touch For faucets water, and stuff yeah. yeah and then there's also going to be extra sanitization measures and food preparation protocols in their concessions so it sounds like they're taking it seriously at least
1: yeah the teams that have been doing it have been doing a pretty good job like obviously you had that one bad instance where the guy in kansas city had covid and they contact traced all the people had them all tested on kansas city chiefs dime good and they all came back negative so like they must have handled it well considering the fact so
0: i would say give me two negative tests before i agree with you yeah i'd one could be a fluke one could be too early testing could have gone wrong batch sampling been
1: two weeks now and they still haven't reported any cases from those contact traces so i would imagine it's probably all right
0: possibly it's just is that a game we want to be playing i don't think so that's why i think there should be no fans but at least if they're gonna do it they are implementing new safety protocols
1: I have some a weird news story and then two, like, feats for the week, like, when it comes to performances. Okay. So. Weird re- news first. Weird news first. Okay. Joe Montana, the retired quarterback. Uh, no idea who
0: that is going.
1: <laughs> that hurts my soul. He's one of the best <laughs> quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. But
0: Okay, I know exactly who that is now.
1: Sure. Mm-hmm. And his wife wrestled one of their grandchildren away from an intruder in their Los Angeles home. So, the... Wow woman broke into their home the door was unlocked which it's like did she really break in she just walked in but like, at
0: that point it's just entering yeah
1: cuz she didn't break anything you just were too stupid to lock your door um, trespassing yes yeah but she tried to take one of their grandchildren
0: that's kidnapping yes
1: yeah that's where it gets a little more serious than what she was doing before and I don't know why we're laughing about kidnapping, but...
0: We think we're funny. Kidnapping is not funny. Okay.
1: We're at least on that page then. And in the process of trying to drag the children out, Joe Montana walked into the room that it was happening. I guess he didn't hear it happening. I don't know if the chill out child wasn't screaming or if, like, the person it's was, like... It's a big like, house. Come, yeah. It, well, it's going to be a big house. Joe Montana is, again, one of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL, so he, he got paid. Money. Yeah. Yeah. And he still is in a lot of ads and things like that. So, like, there's okay. money. And he called for his wife. And then the two of them wrestled the child out of this woman's hands. And when she realized she didn't have the kid anymore, she ran. The only dilemma is the police were already in the neighborhood for a noise complaint in the area. So, they got her? Oh, yeah. They nabbed her almost within, like, five minutes of her leaving the house. Wow. So, she's being brought up on charges of kidnapping and attempted burglary. And then breaking and entering. So it's like if, if you're going to break into someone's house, I, I guess the only thing is if you're going to try to kidnap a child, at least it wasn't a defenseman, like a defensive player from the NFL because he could have killed you. Like Joe Montana, he's an old man, still strong, clearly, because he's wrestling children out of you know younger people's arms. Yeah. But at the same time, that's the weird news of the week.
0: I have two things with this. Yeah. One, you're going to go into some rich old guy's house with, who had the door open and steal the children of all things?
1: There's things of value all over the place, I'm sure.
0: Children cost money. Why are you trying to steal that? <laughs> <laughs> but also, secondly, I just... I, I don't know why you would try to steal from someone who was an athlete. Like, did she go there because the person was highly an athlete? I doubt she knew. Or She's, just it was an unlocked door.
1: She saw maybe the child walk in and not, like close the door and not lock it or something. I don't know. Like, it's weird. The whole situation hasn't come out yet. For obvious obviously. reasons, it'll probably be kept very private just because of who he is. So Well, like, and,
0: like, that's another thing. Because of who he is, obviously, you're going to get in a lot of trouble for it. It's not going to be a slap on the wrist. You're not going to get it swept yeah, under the rug. You're
1: going to get locked up. It's, and probably for the maximum <laughs> sentence. Yeah. And then we'll go on to the great news, not the children being kidnapped news. Russell Wilson sets an NFL record with his 14th touchdown pass today during the first three weeks of the regular season. It's never been done before in the NFL. So, man, he is just zipping in touchdown passes left and right. Like, that's a crazy average. Kudos to Russell Wilson. And then Phillip Rivers throws his 400th career touchdown pass against the New York Jets today. As a longtime Chargers fan, as my AFC team, it's good to see the guy in a new outfit being in Indianapolis and starting to still get his acts together a little bit. He had a rough start the first week and his second week was progressively better and the third week again even better. So it's good to see Phillip Rivers doing good things somewhere else. But that pretty much wraps up my news for the NFL. Like I said I really didn't have a lot this week so.
0: I had more than you which is not the usual way this goes.
1: Not usually, that's for sure.
0: But we'll switch over to the MLB and postseason starts the day this episode comes out. So we have the playoff picture here for you. And we'll just start at the top, I guess.
1: Yeah. So in the American League, we have the number one seed playing the number eight seed Blue Jays, and the first seed being the Tampa Bay Devil Rays or the Tampa Bay Rays. Rays.
0: And then for the fourth seed, playing the fifth seed, you have the Cincinnati Reds? No. No. I, I clearly did something wrong. The
1: Cleveland Indians versus the New York Yankees. The Reds play in the National League. So it's definitely not the way that works in the American League. And then we have the number two seed Athletics playing my number seven seed White Sox. That, How
0: you finished in seventh, I have no idea.
1: We lost six games straight this week. Oh, there it is. And then we won one and we lost one. So we were one and seven in the last eight games of the season. You never
0: want to be in a skid at the end
1: no and as i was talking to you this evening i'm not gonna get my hopes up like we played well all year long and like i got super pumped and then i'm like
0: "Mm -hmm." just bask in the glow of having a decent season yeah even if it's short yeah and then third seed versus sixth we have the
1: minnesota twins
0: against the
1: cheating houston astros
0: Well, there's no C on their emblem, so I didn't know that part.
1: Well, I mean, I knew that part. They were part of a pretty big scandal over the last two years, so... I I
0: knew that. I'm just saying. I didn't know to call them that. Yeah. And then you have the National League, which I don't know why these are different leagues. You're the baseball league anyway. You have the...
1: uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, the number one seed.
0: And against the number eight seed is
1: the Milwaukee Brewers.
0: That emblem looks like nothing.
1: It's a glove with a ball on it.
0: Okay. Yep. And then in the fourth you have the San Diego Padres against the number five seed the St. Louis Cardinals.
1: Yeah we don't root for them.
0: I'm just glad I knew those. Yeah. And then you have the third seed the Cubs against the number six seed a giant M.
1: The uh, Miami Marlins.
0: Okay. Yep. And then you have the number two seed.
1: The Atlanta Braves.
0: Against the number seven seed.
1: The one you guessed earlier.
0: Cincinnati Reds. Yes, there you go. (laughs) Hey, they're both C's. One of them is a Red C, so why would that not be the Reds?
1: So what's interesting about the Reds to even qualify for the playoffs, in the way of bad news for the Miami Marlins, who qualified for the playoffs this week, their ace, Jose Urena, their right-handed hurler, fractured his right forearm in today's game after being hit by a line drive. That's he, not going to heal quickly. Nope. He will be out for the remainder of the playoffs. You don't say. Yeah.
0: The remainder of the playoffs?
1: Yep, yeah, because the playoffs start on Tuesday.
0: He'll be out for all of the
1: playoffs. Yep, every bit of it. Red Sox head coach Ron Renicki. I am probably completely said that are wrong. Will the last not, part sounded right. Yeah, will not return as head coach next season after one of the worst seasons in Boston Red Sox history. To also retire after 14 seasons of play like Hunter Pence, Alex Gordon, like Koivu, has spent his entire career with one team. 14 seasons with the Kansas City Royals. I always felt bad for that guy because Kansas City never really did anything to build around him, and he's always been one of their top players. So Kind of sad to see him go after that, but he's retiring. The Pirates prospect O'Neill Cruz is being held by police in the Dominican Republic after his involvement with a deadly traffic accident. He hit a person on a motorcycle with his motor vehicle while under the influence of alcohol. Uh, The motorcycle driver clearly was dead, so Yeah. yeah. And then as well this week, we do have positive news on the COVID front from the MLB. 26 straight days without a positive COVID test. I know that doesn't sound like a lot in comparison to the NHL because it isn't, but at the same time, kudos to finally getting stuff under wraps. I think adding the bubble situation for the playoffs is only going to make it better for them.
0: I think it could be better and worse. I think if someone comes into the bubble sick and they don't have that under control, that could be a problem.
1: Right. And then also this week, the MLB and MLB Players Association is rallied up enough money to donate 10 million dollars to the players alliance to help grow predominantly black community sports programs for baseball in uh, african-american communities so that's Pretty cool thing for them to do. Um, obviously, investing in not so well-off communities is a very important thing because a lot of the times these kids don't have the money, their parents don't have the money to pay for them to partake in programs like this. So I think it's awesome that the MLB is coming together to donate that money. Um, they've committed to continuing to donate large sums of money like this over the next five years as well. So kudos to the MLB and the MLB Players Association for doing a good thing this week. But that wraps up my MLB news. I really don't have a whole lot other than the fact that the playoffs start on Tuesday and I'm excitedly nervous for my team.
0: So. Well, you are the seventh seed, so we'll see where that goes. Yep. But speaking of playoffs, the NBA final has a schedule. We are now down to the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Miami Heat. My Nuggies are no longer in playoffs.
1: I was going to say, if you didn't mention the Miami Heat, it literally just
0: happened a few hours ago, so... I got you, fam. Oh, man. Game one starts on Wednesday. Yeah. And game two on Friday, three on Sunday, four Tuesday, if necessary. Game five would be Friday, October 9th. Six would be Sunday, October 11th. Game seven, Tuesday, October 13th. So it could go all the way out to the middle of next month.
1: I'm just excited that Jimmy Butler's coffee business is thriving and is still in the NBA playoff bubble.
0: Is it sad I had to ask you if he was still in the playoff bubble because I didn't know what team he plays for? Mm,
1: he plays for the, for the Miami Heat.
0: So he's, he's still in the bubble doing the coffee thing. Mm-hmm. Waste your money, guys, apparently, is what you do when you have it. Supposedly,
1: he's really good at making coffee and people are buying it because the for coffee in the bubble is garbage.
0: Supply and demand, I suppose. Right. Well, my only real bit of nba news is that the former pelicans gm Dell demps has agreed to join the jazz as an assistant coach which is a little weird he's leaving new orleans uh or he left new orleans in 2019 and he wanted to transition to coaching yeah I mean, maybe if you're not a good GM, you want to go back to coaching. I don't know if he was or not. I shouldn't have said that.
1: I really don't know his history of where he's been before. So like, I know the reason he left the Pelicans was because the performance was not so great with the roster they expected to have. But in fairness, Zion Williamson was out probably about like 70% of the season and he was supposed to be your star. So like...
0: What is it I always say? You have to have the depth.
1: Yep. And they have depth. And that's apparently what got not, them. If one and that's causing what their... got them to the playoffs.
0: But if one player is causing you to play poorly, you don't have the depth.
1: Yeah. I have a little more news than that. Some Chicago sports related news. The Chicago Bulls hired Billy Donovan as their new head coach. He just finished a five year stint in Oklahoma City with a pretty good average, like a 605 winning average. So, like, he left the team not below 500. So, you know, that. That's pretty good. I don't Um, know what these things mean. I'm excited to have him as a coach. I think he's going to be very good for the organization. He's done well in the past with young talent and how he can mesh in some of the older guys because that's what we have right now in Chicago. So it'll be, I think, a good thing overall for the team. I still think the funniest way that Zach Levine found out about it was the fact that he was in the middle of streaming on Twitch and he was like, holy crap, guys, we just signed Billy Donovan. I think that's going to be a good thing. And his face was so bland. It was like there was no excitement at all. He's like, I think that's going to be a good thing. And I'm like, man, could you sound any less excited about the fact right. that you just signed a new head coach? Like, But I honestly think he will be a good addition to the staff. And I think realistically, maybe not this year, but by next year, we'll start to see what he's put into play more so than anything. But the Timberwolves release Malik Beasley after he was detained on allegations of marijuana possession and receiving and concealing stolen weapons.
0: Okay, I was gonna say, if it's just the marijuana thing, like, at this point in time, like, it's legal here, it's not legal here, like, that's not worth letting go of somebody. But then you said stolen weapons.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, to say the least, probably not the best choice in the world, but Malik Beasley has had a history of
0: stolen weapons no
1: <laughs> no but of being arrested for certain things like um, stolen weapons not stolen weapons <laughs> um but it's it's not a shocker obviously I'm so- it's just allegations right now but like if you were arrested with weapons that were stolen like you're probably going down for it no matter whether you're an NBA player or not you'll probably get a softer slap on the wrist because possession you're an NBA is player.
0: nine-tenths of the law
1: yeah Right, but not a good look, to say the least, for the NFL, or the NFL, Jesus, not a good look for the NBA, to say the least.
0: Right, it Um, wouldn't be a good look for the NFL either to make you feel better. Yes, yeah,
1: so now you're going to leave it in. (laughs) Um, The NBA Combine will be starting September 28th. Um, They are not doing multiple locations like they had originally planned. Liars. So that's a thing um they enjoy your covid w- they will however be only allowing one player at a time through the combine so it won't be like a lineup of people doing events back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back like the combines are normally done so that they can properly sanitize the equipment for the combine. So
0: is it one person is going to go through, like, an obstacle course full of NBA crap and then they're going to clean everything and then the next person goes through the obstacle of NBA Basically, crap? yeah. Because I feel like by the time you get to the last few things, you're going to be just gone.
1: Well, the good news is because the draft is being pushed back to the middle of October anyways, they have time to go through all these events. They still will be in a bubble situation. They're staying at one hotel, and then they're going to be going one player at a time. They're going to be being tested every other day. So, like, they're taking precautions. It's just... Not as good of them as they could have. But some cool news out of the NBA. Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin are creating a new NASCAR team. And the first driver they're hiring is the face of the kind of Black Lives Matter movement in NASCAR, Bubba Wallace.
0: The only black driver they have. Right. Mm -hmm.
1: So I thought that was kind of cool. I'm like, it's good to see... NBA players diversifying a little bit and then signing somebody for a good cause you know in that Mm -hmm. instance
0: so. I'm not big on NASCAR.
1: They turn left and they drive real fast.
0: Even the driving real fast seems boring so.
1: You'd say that now but if you were in a car that was going 250 miles an hour I feel like you might change your mind a little bit. Correction
0: I would never be in a car that's going that fast. (laughs)
1: Yeah exactly.
0: But I think it's good that they did that.
1: So I'm gonna end that with the NBA sports news. Unless you have anything else, I think that's pretty much everything I have there on that subject.
0: The last thing I have for news is in the soccer world, MLS. I've got a couple things there. I love
1: that you're the only one that writes about the MLS.
0: <laughs> it's a sport. No, it's, it's happening.
1: Not. It's not a thing.
0: I swear to God, there's a ball and there's a net and, <laughs> and there are it. things. Yeah. It's a sport. So. The reserve team for the LA Galaxy, I guess they're LA Galaxy 2, announced on Saturday that it had mutually agreed to part ways with defender Omar Ontiveros in the wake of an on-field racist incident. He called another player the N-word. It took place in the 71st minute of Wednesday's one-on-one draw between LA Galaxy 2 and SD Loyal so good for them for getting rid of that guy.
1: Yeah, good for them getting rid of him, but I don't even know who the hell he is, nor do I know anybody He's, probably on that roster.
0: Let's be honest, MLS is like the minor leagues of soccer, and this guy's like not even on the first like group. He's like a second tier. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who cool he is. So, but racism is still thriving here in America, and Racism
1: is thriving everywhere in the world in soccer. That That is something that is probably
0: true awful it's a
1: hundred percent true um sadly every year it seems like there's another story where racial slurs are being dropped on players that are of african descent who are not playing well and it's just ridiculous hence why FIFA's stances for the longest time has been end racism in soccer you know like go figure
0: I'm just glad that they're getting rid of the player that did it because I think it's going to send a message that this is unacceptable. And even if it's just down in a second tier of MLS or whatever, but...
1: It shouldn't be a shocker that it's unacceptable anymore. It, it just is.
0: It shouldn't be a shocker, but hopefully that would prevent players from doing it in the future. Hopefully. Hopefully. And the only other MLS news I have, the Colorado Rapids versus Sporting Kansas City postponed. Postponed. Due to a high coronavirus case number, one Rapids player and three staff members have tested positive, so Sunday's game was postponed to allow for additional testing and evaluation. That's exciting. COVID in some leagues, not in others. It's a hot mess here in the United States. And I don't have any international news.
1: I've got some. Good news is I got you kind of covered. I really didn't go that in depth with the Premier League this week. There weren't really that many blowouts that occurred. So I figured I would just keep scores off the conversation table. And the signings were all signings that were expected last week and we discussed. So it was a pretty boring week overall in the Premier League, I would say overall. So I'm going to give you guys the top five teams currently in the standings. And it's because that was weird to me, the teams that are currently there. And so the number one team currently in the British Premier League is Leicester City. Would not have been my guess after two weeks of who's going to be first place. Um, As
0: someone who's barely a soccer fan, that's weird. Second
1: place, Everton.
0: Okay, now I know that's weird.
1: And here's where it starts to get kind of normal. Number three, Arsenal. Okay, I get it. Arsenal is usually a top three, top four team. Makes sense. We continue down the line. Number four, Liverpool. The champions of last year. That's pretty normal, yeah. Yeah, top five team. Not shocked. And then here's where it gets a little strange. Even though Crystal Palace has been a contender in recent years, they are number five. It is a very blank top five currently.
0: Well, it's still pretty early on. Like this isn't...
1: Most teams have only played two games or three games and that's it. So
0: It's going to get shaken up over time. Without a Give doubt. it a couple weeks and this is not going to be the same top five for it's sure. It's
1: just a really dreary start for the Premier League. Yeah it's weird. It's very strange. But that's all the news I have shy of one weird thing like in fifth tier English soccer it's not even Premier League based. Ryan Reynolds and another director that he knows are interested in buying the fifth tier team Wrexham. Wrexham. So League 3? Sure.
0: Fifth yeah. tier would be the League, League three. 3.
1: Yeah. Wrexham is home to the oldest stadium in English football. And it is actually a team from Wales, technically, which is weird. They play in the English Premier League leagues.
0: Okay. Are they very far east Wales? I would
1: imagine. But it's the oldest stadium to ever also host a Welsh national football game. So they have a pretty large stadium supposedly but it's very old and very historic so it's kind of like based on my understanding is they're upgrading it in a sense like Wrigley Field is where it's just like the history is still here but we have new shiny things inside the stadium and we'll see this week it's supposed to be announced whether or not Ryan Reynolds will be an owner of a professional soccer team interesting um his argument is that he's going to dump money into it and help the team go back up to the standard that they have been in the past, which is tier two English football, is usually where they have been up until like the last 10 years where they've just been like sliding down the list. Yeah. So,
0: you know, I've heard of certain authors that we talk about in the book podcast sponsoring teams. Sponsoring.
1: Yes. And technically he is a part owner because it is a fan-owned team.
0: Right. So he owns a percentage. Yes. Yeah.
1: It's it's more so accurate than it would be like the Green Bay Packers are fan-owned because you can buy stocks in them, which is not baloney. Yeah. But also
0: if you you're decide one. to become a partial owner for this fan-owned soccer team that I'm not explicitly mentioning, you get perks and stuff.
1: Yeah, which is great, I guess, if you live in the area, but otherwise, probably not
0: so much. It uh, is the third tier of English soccer, so.
1: Exciting stuff. But we'll get to Bundesliga news. There was a firing this week. Uh, Schalke 04 fired their head coach after their worst start in team history. From last year to this year, he's lost 18 straight league games as the head coach. So it's, you know, time, time to move on. Quite a lot. What's crazy is Schalke last year at the beginning of the season was in contention for being a top-five team, and I don't know what happened because they weren't injuries, but Schalke all of a sudden just couldn't play soccer at the end of the season. So, But for that matter, nor can Bayern or Dortmund at the beginning of this year. <sighs> We'll talk a little bit about that. Bayern Do Munich. Do we have to? Well, there's a little bright spot for Bayern Munich, but it, it starts with some dark spots. Bayern Munich fell to Hoffenheim today 4-1. to one. This loss ends Bayern's 23-match winning streak. I know you're going to say it. All streaks have to end. I just didn't expect it to be to Hoffenheim.
0: That is one of my many sayings. All streaks end. Whether it's a good streak or a bad streak, they all end.
1: And then Dortmund fell this week as well, well, yesterday, to Augsburg 2-0, which is another one. I would not have expected Augsburg to beat you guys 2-0, for that matter, to beat you at all.
0: It was shocking, yes. It
1: was quite the disappointment. A lot of newspapers in the dormant area made jokes of, is it the fall of Prince Erling Holland? And I'm like, it's one game. Shut up. Like, yeah. just relax.
0: I hate the way sports writers Oh, write. they're so
1: harsh. But at the same time, it was clearly a poor performance by everybody on the pitch for when you. Team.
0: When you lose to a team that you're not expecting to lose to, someone that you think is going to be a pushover, then yeah, of course that's bad and that speaks poorly to the team. But also realize this is one game. Like, calm down.
1: So what's crazy about that is... is, is. It puts those two teams in number one and number two in the league currently, Hoffenheim and Augsburg. It's they,
0: only two games into the season. They
1: both have two wins, though.
0: It's only two games into the season. Yes, but they're like, the don't... only
1: teams that have 2-0 and record currently in the Bundesliga.
0: It's going to be like the Premier League. You wait two weeks and the table is going to look completely different.
1: Let's go through the list and figure out where our teams fall currently. So we have Hoffenheim in first place, Augsburg in second place. You have Eintracht Frankfurt in third place, Red Bull Leipzig in fourth place, fifth place you have SC Friedberg, and then a team I've never even heard of, they got promoted this year, Armenia in sixth place with a win and a draw. And then you have Bayern Munich with a loss and a win in 7th place, VFB Stuttgart in 8th place with a win and a loss, and Hertha Berlin in ninth place with a win and a loss, and to round off the top 10, Borussia Dortmund with a win and a loss. It's frightening.
0: I understand that the table being weird right now in both leagues is noteworthy, but I honestly think you're putting too much stock in the table right now. You need to step away. There are so many more games to come.
1: I I don't know if it's my brain from, like, the amount of stress that has been going on in my life in work and outside of work. But it makes my brain really freak out. And I know it's only two games. It will turn around. I've seen worse starts by Bayern Munich, i.e. last year, where we lost, like, four of our first five games. And then you ended really hot. Yeah. So, like... And we won the whole dang thing. Also,
0: Are we not going to discuss how teams ebb and flow over the years? Like at one point, the Detroit Red Wings, who is a team that I laugh at nowadays, was, was the most hot. dominant
1: team in the NHL,
0: and now they're not. But who's to say they're not going to turn it around? Like you're thinking in the next three or four years and become the hot thing in the league. I'm just hoping our league.
1: teams don't take three or four years to turn it back around. <laughs>
0: I'm just saying if you're gonna be a sports fan you have to realize that these things ebb and flow and like even if they are losing right now even if they have a really bad season and end up pretty low on the table that doesn't make you any less of a fan
1: but we'll finish it with good news because I like to finish on good news Bayern Munich won their fourth major trophy for the previous year
0: so I guess they can't be that bad
1: yeah It was before the loss to Hoffenheim, though. But they won the UEFA Super Cup by defeating Sevilla, who won the Europa League last season, by goals scored by Leon Goretzka in the 34th minute and Javi Martinez in the 104th. The sad thing is it was going to be Javi Martinez's last game. His contract expired after the remainder of that season, so we would no longer have Javi Martinez as part of our organization. Danke, Javi, you gave us a great success seasons and I really appreciate. Can you not co-sign him? Well yeah but he's really not that great. He scored a goal to win the thing. Thanks
0: you were great. You did a good job especially there at the end but you're not worth the money.
1: <laughs> yeah and he'll be missed from the roster. Yeah. Honestly he was he slid into a lot of positions for us off the bench when we had injuries. He was probably one of the more dependable players to come back from injuries for us. He stepped into roles on the defensive foot, central back, and he also played some uh, ball control like defensive style midfield positions for us. So I did thoroughly enjoy the years that we did have Javi Martinez and you know I know you're not dead but rest in peace wherever you end up. What Uh, a weird thing to say. I guess. Yeah, dork. But it'll be rough to see him go. Again he's been a part of A very long-term dominant force of Bayern Munich. But that's, I think, literally all the sports news I have currently. I'm excited for the NBA Finals. I think Jimmy Butler, or Jimmy Buckets, as I call him, is going to be dropping all sorts of three-pointers for the Miami Heat. And I honestly hope they beat the Lakers because I really don't like LeBron James. I think he's full of himself and the comments that he made that he wasn't good enough to be the MVP, but Giannis was somehow. I think he deserves to lose the NBA Finals for that alone.
0: Well, I'm sure we're going to have playoff news from around the leagues because everyone's in playoffs or that's the way it feels at least
1: and no matter what the nhl stanley cup will be over this week so we will be covering that i'm sure as well i'm we're all gonna
0: be so shocked at the team who wins that's Uh, gonna sound really sarcastic if the lightning win but it will actually be a shock if dallas wins
1: that's really mean I'm, I'm, I'm edging for Dallas in this one just because I would love to see the Stanley Cup here in Dallas. That Um, last
0: game was so shocking.
1: You know, they put it together at the end and, and that's the thing.
0: I meant the last game of the Stanley Cup final, but yeah. Yeah. That last one too.
1: Yep. And we all know the Lightning are notorious if they do get to game seven to losing it. So it would be interesting to see if Dallas can drag it out that far.
0: Yeah. But thank you guys for listening. Make sure you check out all of our links to our social media in the show notes.
1: And we will catch you next week with some exciting conversations about the upcoming playoff series. Talk to you then. Bye guys.
0: Bye.